In this two-part podcast, I will be speaking with Mark and Liam of Wise Up, two addicts discussing their ongoing recovery, tales of destruction, pre-recovery, and the amazing work they do now preventing addiction. Today's podcast has been brought to you by WeConnect Construction, a lead generation website for the construction industry. Check it out, www.weconnectconstruction.co.uk. It's decent. Welcome, Mark and Liam of Wise Up. Hello, Kayla. Uh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I had this attitude that once I sort my problems out, everyone's got to come along with me. Yeah. So it's like, well, I'm sorted now and, it, and it's all right. I'm not affecting you. I'm not coming to you for money. What's your problem? In reality, you can't control that side. They might be like that for the rest of their life. And I, I've learned that. I'm still learning it now. Things don't sort of all fall into place. If anything, things happen now. And because I can't run away to gambling, I've got to deal with things. Yeah. Real life issues, family stuff, friends. I've all I've got some cracking friends who've been supportive. People who I owe money to. I'm in contact with most of them. Um, and when I say I'm not paid anything, I've paid I've paid chunk of, quite a big chunk of money off. Um, and yet, what what my life is now, it's about honesty. So don't bullshit. So if if I know I've not got the money to give someone, I say, look, I've not got it, and I'm just honest. Yeah. I, both our recovery, you can't tell a lie. People, if people ask you, yeah, you, you, you be honest. Um, so that, but that's the biggest thing for me you now. It's not having that pressure on my shoulders that you're lying and lying is so yeah. tiring. And it's like anything in life. If someone were cheating, if someone were doing whatever, that lie, it, cru- it crushes. That's you. the worst part of it, any kind of drama that when it because generally the problem is you can deal with whatever the yeah. problem is, or the other people can deal with it as well. When you're lying to them, you think you're doing it for them, but really it's for selfish reasons. Because yeah. if somebody cheated on me. I'd want to know and then it's my decision if I stay with you or not so don't stress yourself out worrying about it just tell me and the same with like oh, drugs I, I, though if listening to this you'd be like whoa I'm not cheating on her you better tell you me you better tell me yeah. you might wake up with no balls but you better tell me yeah, you made that sound very business like that it's my decision I will get rid of you I make the decisions no but that's how, it, that's how it should be in the same with like if you were taking all the drugs you were taking then Vicky should have had that choice of do I want this around me and the children because it's not knowing what's going on with you as well is there just something wrong with him is it me all of these things that that when really it it is just all you yeah but you don't want to hurt someone you love so you you carry on and you try and get out of it and you think you don't want and you you know the wheels are coming off but you know it's it's hard to turn around to someone and saying by the way i've done x y and z i've done this i've done that Mm. you don't want to find out because literally we i used to be in bed at night with my girlfriend and i'd be thinking when you find out about me the truth about me you're gonna you're gonna leave me and it'd be like crushing me I'd be thinking and then I'd be up in morning and be like do you want a brew like like nothing and she just yeah. did she even always like I was into all these different people and then it came out and she's like I don't even know I've been in a relationship with him yeah. like of course you do I just she, but she didn't because yeah. I actually lived a double life which is like Liam Vicky not knowing that was the biggest thing with Vicky she went like when when everything come out she was like I don't know who I've been with like it's not what I thought I was in a relationship a with because you were together when you were 17 weren't you uh, 15 16 actually yeah like 18 yeah. years coming up now um, with like half of her life she was yeah, with somebody yeah. who she didn't and, um, know inside out yeah. and when I went in rehab she always said she, she, when I come out she said I'm frightened because I don't know who's coming home like, that's what she used to say yeah. like, which was pretty hard but uh, like, honestly things, I, I, I remember I remember on the one hand like, I was like I'm, I, I don't want to lie anymore on the other hand in, 
in order to be honest, I was like, I'm going to have to destroy everything with everybody, you know, in order yeah. to tell them. And I remember I met him once in a Morrison's cafe just before I went treatment. Is this like a thing across the board when you're an addict, like you can never lie again? Yeah, well, it, that's my too? recovery. I can't tell. Like, I do it with Vicky. I tell, I'll, I'll go like that and I'll say something and sometimes my default is a little lie. And, and it's not even like malicious. And I'm like, oh. Vicky, I've just told you a lie. Like, I have to like tell her, and that is it's, honestly. It's what if she said like, "Do I look fat in this?" I tell the truth, mate. Would you? Yeah, I'm, I'm dead she, honest. Oh, yeah, I mean, them lies. I must still lie. First of all, she never looks fat. First of all, she never looks fat, right? I'll get that out. Yeah. But, um, but I, actually, with clothes and that, she always asks me my opinion. So I'm dead honest with her. She's like, "Does this go?" And I'll go, "No, it doesn't. You need to change it. I'm good with stuff like that. I'll right, tell her. I'm sorry, I'm honest. I'm good with. I'm good. Get changed. I'm good at it. Set that off, love. You're not coming out with me like um, that. Maybe a lie then. Oh, look at you've been sat here all this time. No, do you know what? Bed. Because what? Not not. It's usually my mum. I'm just not like my mum. Always goes, "What do I look like in there?" <laughs> no, don't say. You meant your mum. Let's just got a relationship back on. No, track. do you know what, what it is? Now? I don't even have any. Oh god, it sounds really bad. This. <laughs> Sorry, mum. No, but my mum asks me all the time, "What do I look?" And I just always say, "Good." Oh god, am I going to get out of this now? Because because she always does look good. <laughs> no, yeah, but no, I'm just not that interested. No, but that's I'm, the I'm, difference. I just, that's I just different. Yeah. Yeah, that's different right. unless you knew like actually she didn't look good and you're just being polite then no, that's the problem always looks good I'm trying to think yeah I don't I'm, I'm pretty honest yeah I remember <laughs> sitting in his flat once and like just started to get well and all that and he said so his things with Vicky I said oh it's dead good now when she does maiden I just tell her and I thought <laughs> and that it was like, it, like and I thought yeah. that's true that because like it sounds like a daft comment but like we do have a proper open straight well, you see, like. this would be better for you. So now you're obviously you've had all the shit and that, but now building your new foundations, I would rather be with somebody who's dead. Like, don't call me fat. Like, don't do that. But I mean, oh, I'd man. rather be with somebody. Whereas if I was doing the wedding, then the, you should be able to yeah, say yeah. actually being, and then you have that open relationship. It's not easy and sometimes. It's, but it's, more honest, it's a more yeah, true yeah. relationship, isn't it? Yeah. But, but you get it out there rather than it being in your mind, and then you're like, oh, I can't fucking stand them. I'm going to go out and get pissed. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's what leads to all the shit, though, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas you if you just that. say I can't stand you, then yeah. you say that though. But if you can imagine being with somebody and they don't, they're not being honest and all that, then to come out, go into a place of rehab, come out and be all this honest person, yeah, it's quite a big gap. It takes work. So when I was like all different with my mum and all controlled, and <laughs> like I was, and she's going, "You're oh, you're acting like a guru," and I'd be like, <laughs> "It's that annoying that I were being so normal." I think like she'd gone from one extreme. It's people, adjustment on both sides. <laughs> it is, and it was like she's, you know. And so it, it's a, it is a massive change. We call, say, the addictions a family illness. Yeah. It, it's a, it's everybody. And like with my mates, now I'm like, oh, you can't do that, you can't do that. And they're like, oh, shut up. Wise up, Mark. Wise up, that's what they always say to me. But yeah, I think we, we were like, out the other week and I must have heard about 40 different people saying, wise up, Mark. And yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, I went, went pine, I went, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it's, a massive, it's a massive change for us and it's a massive change. And so tell us life. about wise up. So what is it that you're doing now? So obviously that's all of the story behind it, but then you've decided to start a kind of business, but also a charity. Oh, as well. No, it's a business. Limited. We're limited. But you do do free. Yeah, but you do do. Yeah. Right. So we believe this old adage, this old like way of thinking that you need to be a charity to do good and businesses are just there to make money. I think's gone. We were a private limited company. We need to be financially viable. But I think you can do good as well. I don't think those two things are separate. We spent a lot of time and effort going down roads of making connections with certain government 
and agencies and this and should we and shouldn't we and we walked out of this one meeting in London one day and we went right that's it we're done we're a limited company and we're going to do good and that from that moment on that's what we probably would have gone down the charity route if we felt it was the right thing to do there were times when we thought about it and then like Liam said we we touched on it and had a few meetings with people and thought this isn't us and it was a lot of box ticking I'm not saying all charities are like that but for what we were getting involved in it was a lot of saying you're going to do things a lot of box ticking instead of actually going doing by the time we'd have got to the point where we were an established charity we have now already reached thousands of young people so so it it just doesn't doesn't fit with us that but um, so yeah we are a private limited company and I think when we set off we thought oh well we've got these great stories and and like experiences and we'll just go and stand up and tell people about them and I think we had a a, a good three to six months of kind of realising that it needed to be more than that and so over a period of time like we've sort of organically developed a proper business and a service so we're ultimately we're we're addiction awareness and mental health and well-being that's what we're about we use our personal experience to sort of say why we're able to talk about it it validates us in a sense and then we run sessions and and presentations workshops we do it within education we do it in businesses we do it in sports clubs um and we have got a proper carved out service do you know what I mean we, we we try and obviously educate raise awareness try and sort of give people the information that we didn't have that might help them help themselves or be eyes and ears and help others around them and we're getting you know it's, we're getting you traction well. yeah, yeah. yeah yeah we've had to look, it's been a, it's been a road like you know what I mean we've, well I guess it's good because obviously you've had your own business so you know the, the runnings of a business anyway and what it's needed and things don't just come this easy and it is like a niche what you're, yeah, yeah, what yeah. you're doing as because well, I guess an ex-addict running a business is going to be like, oh, 100%. But people who aren't aware of it or been affected by it are going to be like, oh, it's not really. That's true that. You can do all the telling you want. What often happens is you need someone with personal experience to yeah. go, do you know what, I see the value. And it's funny, like, you know, your computer breaks, you ring an IT guy, nobody knows about us. And, yeah. and often no one knows the thing's broken. <laughs> yeah. So and, and the fact we're preventative, we don't want to wait till someone's broken. We want to be out and tell everyone so that they don't end up Before. broken. And, you, and, and like for a business in particular, they're never going to see us in a profit and lost. They're never going to go, why is up event us this much? We're cost. Yeah. You know, simple as that. Um, but they'll see somebody who's suffering with addiction on a lost sheet. And it'll be exactly. a lot more than booking us for a session. Yeah. But it's like you said, they don't have a budget at the beginning of the year and thinking, oh, addiction awareness, or they might have mental health and well-being Some or something. Yeah. And that's what we come under. But like Liam, Liam touched on them, we're delivering a number of different sectors. We believe that we can deliver in any audience. So we've worked with kids that are younger as eight and nine. We've worked with adults in businesses and we'll just tailor it to that audience. So when we did a session with young kids, it was about good and bad choices. We might have mentioned a little bit about Fortnite, but it wasn't really about addiction. Whereas we do a presentation or a session in a workplace, it can be about addiction in the workplace, coming forward, warning signs. Education can be a bit different about this is when you sort of lay in the foundations. So we tweak it. So that thing of me and Liam stood up and telling our stories, we tweak our stories. Yeah. The content around it is all Yeah, you make it relevant to your audience. So we've literally got a shopping list now of if any audience um, come to us or any organisation wanted to work with us whether it be a school or business we can get it off the shelf and we've got some pretty powerful stuff yeah, no, and then what if, if if you're at like one of these sessions then can people just come to you as well and be like I don't want to tell my boss or I don't want to tell whoever but so, I think I've got a problem do you have like a number people ring or an email address to speak to people so we always leave our details and all over our socials it says reach mm-hmm. out and we're trying out yeah. but we're not look, we're not therapists we're not counsellors we don't claim to be able to treat 
treat someone's addiction. What we are able to do, though, is say, these are the routes, this is what worked for us, and, yeah. and, and give a bit of guidance, probably more than anything else. And to some extent, it's like a halfway step. So I think people are more likely to do that first. It's like the first way they can reach out yeah. without having to go um, you know, all out. So we always have, we have a question and answer at every session at the end. We always hang about a bit. I think every single session we've delivered in the last 18 months, there's always been someone comes up at the end with a live issue. Um, and quite often, it's not the audience. It's like a member of staff or someone at the side and all yeah. that stuff. So, so yeah, that is, yeah. yeah, it is good that. Um, so yeah, it, and and then we have got routes like through various networks and connections that we've got from our recovery. We have got routes into different sort of options and treatments. Two things: what would you say to somebody who is like a live addict now? And secondly, how do you two not relapse? How do you actively manage that daily? Look at Liam, my time's out of bed. I think I can tell you I did. The first one, um, I mean, what we do is now is prevention and awareness. So since we've gone on social media, we're getting out, I mean, we're underplaying it then. We get addicts contacting us every single day, and it's difficult at times because we're not a treatment provider. So we do get people reaching out. Um, addicts are frustrating, really, because they're usually the last ones to see it, and by that time, caused a hell of a lot of damage so when we're doing prevention and awareness now we tell people they've all got a stop button so if it was a gambling addict if you're losing money you can't afford if you're borrowing money off people things like that or any addiction if the wheels are coming off and you're upsetting everyone around you and you're feeling at the point where you're suicidal and you don't want to be here hit the stop button addiction is very lonely when you're on your own and you feel like you're the sort of only person in the world that's going through that problem but there's this recovery world of people in recovery there's a lot of people that don't charge anything that want to support you want to help you and want to drag you through it yeah a lot of the routes to recovery are free you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Not, not everything's paid yeah and i think people need to know that and the, and uh, sorry just yeah. you, you touched on it before before no one had come out and speak so these re- routes to recovery these fellowships whatever all that sort of stuff they've been there for years yeah because they're all anonymous no one knows about it so yeah. it takes someone to stand up and go i was an addict i'm recovered and this is how i did it yeah for them to be able to find that route you know yeah and right? i guess she was lucky in that mark although he wasn't the same vice as you yeah, he's yeah. been an addict before and so he you would helpful. respect him as, as like an addict yourself being like oh he doesn't know what he's talking about opposed to just somebody else and I guess it's not as much of a lonely place then if you look, you look up to people so people in recovery help each other but you do if you're struggling you look up to somebody I look up to people who are 10 years and 20 years their life I think brilliant that they've not gambled for that long and I think you all sort of look up to people that have walked the walk really and got out come out the other side but my advice to somebody who's struggling is just reach out um, reaching out they say is the biggest step it's the first step really there's big big steps and I'll, I'll be honest with you recovery is pretty hard and, and, and maintaining it it's very hard but the other options are you, you end up dead you end up in prison or psychiatric which is rehab basically mm. or, or hospital section there is no alright there might be some acceptable addictions like your exercise and that but even if they get out of balance they're going to cause your life some yeah. problems but the ones that we're talking with the, 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 the ones that certainly we suffered with would be dead there's a lot of people now that are taking their own life especially young people mm. a lot of the time it's addiction yeah so well I mean I know a lot of people who too many people really at the age of the who have, who have killed themselves and you two will know 
I'd probably everybody yeah, around yeah. and it's all been uh, all of them every single one other than one person have all been when they've been having drugs they wouldn't have just done it like straight ahead yeah, yeah they were taking drugs or they've just yeah. had drugs and then they've all gone on for killing themselves and not necessarily because they was addicts but that's well, got I a major part to play in I it I think that's the point see and this is where I think we've kind of especially with social media a bit of a niche so not everybody who's got a problem with a substance or a behaviour is an addict but it might be having consequences and then they just need a bit of help to get it under control I'm not sat set, we, we never sit here and say oh well, you're an addict because of this that and the other yeah. but not everybody has to go to the levels we did you know you can get off the bus now you don't have to go to end do you know what I mean and a lot of people might just need a bit of good practice a bit of good structure See, I it's think that's what it is it's the, ma- it's the money like what you're saying now that's the right step to get involved and people understanding that because they just say alright you're an addict now that's too much drugs yeah, yeah. can you have coke every day is it acceptable to have it once a week where's the addiction and it's going to be different for I, everybody though isn't exactly. it exactly and I don't think it's for us or anyone else to say someone is or isn't an addict all we can say is if you're having an issue or a problem then there'll be things you can do for some people it might be routine and structure getting a bit of barriers in place and that'll be enough for them they're not yeah. an addict and they can get their life back on track for some people it might be full blown addiction and they need a real bit of intensive help yeah, so and it's, 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 for it's them, different it's for them knowing like oh every time I have a problem actually I'm going getting drunk or every time I have a problem I'm going and spending the money because that then it, it's not necessarily addiction at this point because it might be only every time they have a problem but it's going to eventually yeah, or yeah, it yeah. has the potential to eventually form into something worse so they just but people need to understand that that yeah. actually you shouldn't be dealing with your issues in this manner and if it's yeah. in the, if it's the taught thing or the environment they're in and this is how the family deal with it this is how the friends deal with it yeah. they, all I ever hear I'm really really anti-drugs and all I ever hear is everybody does it now I'm like oh, so uh, like literally like when, your mum used to say well if everybody were throwing himself in a fire would you do what a ridiculous thing, thing. Michaela, right now in today's society we have normalised abnormal behaviour and so people do think we've said it I don't know if Bolton's bad for it or not but we have had discussions about Bolton being bad for certain things but we it seems that we've made things that are abnormal culturally acceptable it's just not you know, I think it's, it's just, honestly yeah, it's I think bad. it is absolutely it knocks me sick some of my friends still do this and I'm not going to be like oh I'm not hanging about with you anymore but if anybody dreamt of taking drugs in front of me I'd knock them out because yeah. I just think it's disgusting it's illegal anyway so you shouldn't be fucking doing it and I don't want to see that no, why are you putting me I would have been <laughs> I, honestly I would have been reading you right when I was younger I used to be out and I'd be like class A is not the way drugs are for mugs users are losers and everybody's there off the red like oh you're sending me on yeah. but I do I just think it shouldn't be this should I would never go out with anybody who took drugs either I'm really that against it because of cases like yours and it's not necessarily been somebody so close to me but I've seen these things happen and I've seen the consequences of it and I just think I just don't want that in my life I don't yeah. want the drama And but it does seem like yeah. if ever I become single I don't think I'd ever meet anybody again unless it's an ex I'm going to ask that going out with yeah. <laughs> I've got rehab sent away for someone hi you <laughs> look stable <laughs> you, Come on. you say we're addiction awareness right so if somebody's reaching out forget the word addict or addiction think if someone's reaching out if your life's out of balance and it's affecting you there are people that can drink every day and it not be a problem there are people that can drink once a week and it be a massive problem yeah. they're not necessarily might class themselves as an addict but if it's having that much of a neg- negative impact on the life then it's a problem and they it's can the stop. reasons for the drink like you said like yeah. now you'll just go out for a few pints with your friends yeah. whereas if you're drinking to drown your sorrows or whatever it might be oh, then yeah. that's or you might just be a bad drinker that once a week you go out and you end up going drink driving doing x y and yeah. z or there might be people who go out every day at 12 o'clock have a few pints and feel alright about it and it's just that, that's their culture that's what they live in and they're not hitting anybody so this yeah. thing you can you can sort of get caught up on am I an addict am I doing it this I think if it's you're putting your life out of balance 
moments and it's upsetting people around you, it's, it's making you feel lost. Stop. And yeah. you can still go to these fellowship meetings or you might just need an arm around you, put some good practice in place. There are loads of people now who are using cocaine who could stop about professional help. Yeah. They don't need to go to rehab. They yeah. just need a kick up their arse and get things back on track. Yeah. There are people that are using it on their own daily. You know, there might be treatment. So a lot of people reach out to us and sometimes it might just be look, do X, Y, and Z and then we'll get a, a message three months later and say, hey, man, I'm doing great. It happens yeah. with drugs. It happens with gambling. Because a lot of people, again, it is like drinking with cocaine as well where they're like, oh, it's a social thing. I hear that and I'm just like, you're rough anyway. Get away from me. But it's just... Don't make sure words, Michaela. No, I just... Because I really just don't like it. And so I just think, for me, it doesn't matter if it is just a social thing. But this is why I think it's becoming accepted because they will just be like, well, they only do it every other Saturday. I'm like, well, why do it at all then? Yeah. If you're not addicted to it, then why are you going out? Having something what's illegal that is probably mixed with all sorts of stuff. You don't know what is in that shit. Yeah. Why, why even put yourself in that position? Good, good on you for growing up in our generation and having that attitude, seriously. And, and I do, I always take me out to anybody who says, I've never had drugs or anything. You know, I think, and again, always, I think it's a generational out, thing. You've always gone out. Well, and, I, like, and I mean, I like a drink. That, I might be ringing well, you to up a bed. Put it one way, if someone would have said to me, without me knowing, I'd always cross paths with you, I'd have nights out with you, I'd bump into you, I'd have a drink with you. Someone would have said to me, do you think Michaela uses it? Not, It's not because of your behaviour or anything like that. I would have thought, yeah, probably. So for you no. to turn around and go, no, I'm anti-drugs. Well, and, and I think that's the thing, though. Everybody thinks everybody's doing it. That's what I mean, it's normal. And so then it's, it, all yeah, right, yeah. and it just... And, and, like, with you, especially when you're younger, then you're influenced by older people, getting in with crowds and all this. I think that's a big part of it, yeah. We, we, we both did something the other day, and I can't remember what it was. We were talking about... No, no, we were talking <laughs> about something. It was spice. Oh, no, it was, yeah. it was a YouTube... <laughs> It was a YouTube, and we were talking about the first time we're using all that sort of stuff. And it's funny, all different substances, different behaviours, different stuff going on in our lives. But we both referenced. It made me feel like I was growing up. It made me feel like a man. It made me feel yeah. like this. And it's that kind of like, I suppose it's what you've seen, what you know. And stuff because like I think that. once you get beyond a certain age, then you're like, and if you've gone to, I started smoking when I was like 12. I know it's disgusting. That's my addiction. But if I would have got to like 18, I never would have smoked. But at 12, I was smoking because everybody else was smoking. Yeah, yeah. And then I've just stayed smoking forever. And I guess it's the same when it comes to drugs I just I were always like I'll never have them mainly because when I was younger though I thought my mum will actually string me up so it's pointless yeah, so yeah. I had the fear of God in me and then I got to like 18 and I would just I had this thing then where I'm like I'll never do it now and now you're just never going to do it I think if you get to a certain point in your life whether it's 18 or 25 or whatever yeah when you've got your own head to make your mind rather than yeah and then you're like but you, you've just got to get guided through I would have never have taken a drug and I got spiked That's really? 100% I would have never have had it because I was very much like that so when people are found out having drugs I was like no way and that thing if you say my mum would go mad when my mum first found out that I tried drugs I was like heartbroken and she was like how could you do this it's like our parents have had to change now she's like you've tried cork and you've tried this and I've gone yeah, yeah and I'm okay with saying it my mum 15 years ago would have never dreamt it would have been like you've done what and I think our parents have just seen this generation of thinking they're, they're, all, they're all at it they're all in and out of the toilet and like Messi's dad says Donnie goes what is it well you lot they, they all want drugs in the toilet <laughs> And it's oh, like it's just disgusting it, it's just changed I went to a christening and yeah, I won't say it but I went to a christening and there was sat at the pews while the christening was going on having drugs off bible and thinking it was funny I'm like you disrespect Oh, I'm Catholic. But can you blocks. can you imagine there was like three blocks sat at the back of the pews and all the families there. Kids are set on fire in church. Push them into <laughs> confession. <laughs> right, so I'm gonna wrap it up then. Thank you both for coming in anyway and Thanks talking about it. Thank you, and if you wanna um just give
give you shouts for your social media and how people can get in touch with your um, your website and stuff? Right, so we've got a um, website, wiseup.co.uk, spelled W-H-Y-S-U-P. Our socials are all WiseUpOfficial. Yes. WiseUpOfficial, so Insta, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. And if anybody needs to reach out to discuss what we do as a service or needs a lift, um, they can get us at info at wiseup.co.uk or DM us on any of them social platforms and we'll always come back to you. Amazing, perfect. And I'll put all those links against the podcast as well. So if anybody just want a link to them direct, then we'll have those on there as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Don't take drugs, people. Thanks for listening. Please remember to visit www.michaela-wayne.co.uk. Subscribe to the podcast, leave your feedback and don't troll.